Welcome to the Arrive and Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Tyson Day, alongside Daniel Anardi. In our podcast, we interview guests that bring a fresh perspective on topics that are vital for you to thrive in your life and career. Our approach is casual and always curious. Through our guest insights and our debriefs, we hope to help you develop a career full of purpose and meaning. On this episode, we speak with Ray Good from The Good Place. Ray is a mindfulness facilitator and meditation teacher. You can find him at goodplace.com.au, on LinkedIn, thegoodplace.mindfulness, on Instagram, as well as Facebook. Hope you enjoy the episode. Next episode of the Arrive and Thrive podcast. Ray Good, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Thank you, yeah. Glad to be here with you guys. Today. Thanks for coming in, Ray. Yeah, thank you. And so, um, Ray, just so you can let all of our listeners know, what's the area that you're involved in and what you currently do? Uh, well, I teach resilience and mindfulness uh, based on neuroscience, and um, yeah, that, that's that's what I've been pursuing over the past three years. Yeah, perfect, yeah. perfect. And you run your own business at The Good Place? Yeah, so my business is called The Good Place, Yep. and it's all about, um, well, it's all about getting people who don't do meditation to meditate, yep. and live more mindfully, and, and hopefully find their good place. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Well, I know for me personally, I'm really looking forward to talking to you about the notion of mindfulness because it's something that I find difficult sometimes. Yeah. Um, what about you, Dan? I know you practice mindfulness a lot. I practice a little bit. <laughs> I have for maybe a year or so yeah. uh, consistently, but I'm really looking forward to maybe learning some practical tips and tricks that um, can maybe help me be more mindful day to day. Also... We mentioned before coming on here around technology, yeah. So lots of mindfulness stuff around that, and just really interested to also hear about your career. You've had a fairly decorated career, I think, yeah. so far, and you've probably got lots more good stuff to come as well, which is exciting. Mm. So yeah, absolutely. So I suppose for us, let's I suppose unpack what mindfulness is, and I suppose the definition of it. For, yeah, I suppose myself, Dan, and our listeners. Yeah, because I think, uh, well, obviously over the past few years, mindfulness has really uh, exploded into the mainstream consciousness, become uh, really popular. And I think there's still, it's had the worst branding though, I think. Meditation has <laughs> had the worst branding. Yeah. You know, you, when you, when you, you see all those pictures of people sitting cross-legged and, and, and doing like... The hum. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Um, and that's not really what it's about. So, um, so in essence, mindfulness is about um, training your mind to be more, uh, more present and less distracted, mm-hmm. uh, to be more productive, creative, and, and basically happier. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. It's a good start. I actually meditate laying down. Do you? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, I, when I first started, I really didn't like the sitting cross-legged. Yeah. And, I don't know. It just didn't feel natural. Yeah. Like, mm. Yeah, right. Well, um, yeah. So do you end up falling asleep a lot? Like, Only if I do it later. Because <laughs> <laughs> the idea is to fall awake, not asleep. Yeah, so. yeah I know. I know. <laughs> That's funny. And so for you, like, what are some of the, I suppose, because I... Someone who doesn't know too much about the topic, yeah. you see a lot of articles float around online and things like that around positive psycho- psychology and the neuroscience behind mindfulness. Yeah. But I don't know, we don't, I suppose we don't know too much about that personally. What's your take on with the neuroscience that comes into mindfulness? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, I've had a, so I've had a personal meditation practice for 27 years, mm. but it's only been in, you know, in the last five years, uh, I guess mindfulness has really exploded and a lot of that 
Well, there's two reasons why I think mindfulness is really exploding. Uh, the first one is stress. We're living mm-hmm. in, in a world that's you know, very volatile, uncertain, complex yep. and ambiguous. And we're all struggling with time scarcity, information overload and constant distraction. And we can't switch off or unplug. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, stress, you know, stress is a big issue for a lot of people, um, you know, and especially in the workplace. Yep. Um, burnout, absenteeism, presenteeism. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And, and then the second trend that's driving mindfulness is uh, the science, yep. as, as you were asking me about. So um, I think in 2006, there were 64 published journal articles on mindfulness. Yep. And today there's over 5,800. Yeah, wow. So, what an increase. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a lot of science behind uh, mindfulness. And, and some of the benefits are uh, better memory, mm. attention span and reaction mm. speeds, improved uh, concentration, focus and creativity, mm. uh, clearer thinking, decision making, yep. problem solving, uh, better sleep, stronger yep. immune system. Yep. Um, and of course, you know, an, improve, uh, an increase in our happiness and just overall well-being. Yep. So there's, a, you know, a lot of positive benefits to, to the practice. Yep. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's been... It's being embraced by uh, a lot of uh, the world's top performers, as, as we talked about earlier. You know, you've got people like Novak Djokovic and yep. LeBron James using it. Uh, a lot of sports people. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got uh, Jess Weiner, who's the yep. CEO of LinkedIn. Bill Gates, Jay Z. Yep. Yeah. You know, Tim Ferriss. Um, so a lot of these guys are, are turning. A lot of the world's top performers are turning to mindfulness as well to help them perform at their peak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that's incredible. Like. From your perspective, how would, say, a Jay-Z or yeah. a Novak Djokovic like, go about practicing mindfulness with such a busy schedule? Like, they're busy, yeah. busy dudes. They are busy, yeah. And it's like, how did, like, I feel bad that I'm not practicing because they're times busier than I am. Well, hey, if, yeah. if Jay-Z's got time to practice, you got time, yeah. right? Yeah, our listeners have time to practice, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so, well, yeah. yeah, it's... From your perspective, like, how does, how does one go about fitting it in? Well, you know, I, I hear that question a lot. People say, mm-hmm. you know, especially because I deal with a lot of, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and, you know, high performers. And they say to me, like, I don't have time. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, look at these people that are meditating and, and you know, they've, they haven't got the time either. Yeah. But they recognize that they're going to be less distressed. <laughs> they're going to be more productive and efficient and they're going to reach their goals faster right so they also recognize that if they invest two percent of their day into a practice that's Mm -hmm. going to radically improve the other you know 98 percent of their life that's a good return on investment yeah sure absolutely now you've got ties attention (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah and and, you know i mean how much time do we waste on social media yeah you know seriously like how much time do we waste scrolling through useless information Mm. um on social media so it's a uh, you know it's like anything you've got to make you've got to carve time out of your day to do it Mm. the good news is that we uh there was a famous harvard study that showed that uh, beginners who meditated for eight weeks um, it literally grew the grey areas of the brain associated with uh, compassion and self-awareness. And you only need to practice for 10 minutes a day to get the, the benefits. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so, you know, as a minimum dosage, 10 minutes is a good amount of time. Yeah. 
to practice, but then I like to teach people uh, little micro meditations throughout the day, just taking little one or two minute meditations throughout the day, just to, just to, as an opportunity to stop yeah. and and take mental breaks. Yeah. Because you know all of us we're just we just go 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 go, and we yeah. need to take these little mental breaks throughout the day. Yeah. In the same way that we recharge our phones, right? We need to mm-hmm. stop. Just take a couple of minutes out, yep. take a bit of a mental break, and, and then get back into it. So yeah. these are ways that you can integrate it into your life. I mean, yeah, we're all busy, yep. but we all find time to do the things that we need to do, especially if we prioritize it. So you have to recognize that uh, you know, you, your happiness and your productivity and your creativity, how important that is. And, and here's a practice that can really help with, mm. with all those things. What's, I've, I've heard the, the term active mindfulness been thrown around a little bit mm-hmm. have you heard of that and what's your take on that I haven't heard of active mindfulness no tell yeah, me a bit okay. more about it well my understanding <laughs> of active mindfulness and don't quote me please listeners um, but this notion of um, instead of sitting still and practicing a meditation yeah. ritual um, it's this notion of doing something that you can purely focus on in the moment so for example I love surfing Surfing yeah. is like my form of therapy. Yeah. I prioritize it on the weekend. And when I'm out there surfing, that's all I'm thinking about. And it's that notion of practicing being in the present and being in the here and now for me. Yeah. And I suppose that's essentially what putting aside time for meditation is in, in my mind in terms yeah. of recalibrating. What, what, what do you think around that? Well, I think, okay, so I think... What we should really, maybe step back, if we go yeah. back and what actually, because most people think of mindfulness, they think of meditation, right, or attention training. And meditation is an essential element of mindfulness. Yeah. But we can think of meditation as the exercise that cultivates mindfulness in our life. Right? Sure, Does that make sure. sense? Yeah, okay, yeah. Right? Yep. So it's the exercise that we do when we hit the cushion, 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And that exercise and the benefits of that roll over into the other 23 hours and 50 minutes of our, of our life. So mindfulness is, is kind of broken into two parts, the formal practice of uh, mindfulness and the informal practice. Now, the um, formal practice of mindfulness is meditation mm-hmm. or attention training. And then the informal practice is when we bring mindful awareness to our everyday activities. So when we're working, when we're communicating, when we're exercising, when we're washing up, this can be an opportunity to practice mindfulness, to be yep. fully present and engaged and in the present moment, rather than being caught up thinking about the past or yep. the future or caught up in our thoughts. Yeah, sure. So, because, um, you know, that again, there was another Harvard study that showed that we spend 47% of our waking hours thinking about something other than what we're actually doing, right? Yeah, right. So we're either thinking about the past or the future, yeah. but we're rarely in the present moment. And that's what mindfulness is about, yep. learning to come back and be more engaged in the present moment. Yeah. Instead of being so caught up in thinking about the past or the future all the time. We yeah. still need to yeah, think yeah. about the past or the future, of course. We need to think and plan. Mm. But mindfulness is a skill where we've got, we've got the control. We can come back to that yes. moment mm. awareness. So, Ray, like we're obviously talking about all um, the benefits yeah. of meditation and the science behind it. You've obviously had a great career. Yeah. Um, so for our listeners at home, you were a top 100 DJ yeah. in the world. Yeah. And then you started your own restaurant franchise. 
and end up having 15 restaurants in Melbourne? No, not 15. Not 15? <laughs> no, I had three. Three restaurants in Melbourne? Three was at, like 35 staff and three restaurants, I can tell you, was more than yeah, enough. That's, so, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. And that was a seafood, yeah. casual-type restaurant? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, and then you've now got your own business doing workshops and coaching for Monfinus. But if you can take us back to the very start, 27 yeah. years ago when you started your practice, yeah. what were some of the benefits you sort of got initially for our listeners at home who were thinking, well, maybe I'll start mindfulness or meditation this week. Yeah. What were some of the real life benefits that you started to get? And then how did it sort of help your success? Yeah, your okay. Career? Um, so in the early 90s, as you just said, my, like my career was skyrocketing. I was like voted into the world's top 100 DJs. I was a promoter. And entrepreneur and um, Some great tunes, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> did you get it? Did you get a gig at the Bergheim? I, uh, the Bergheim, no. The Bergheim? No. Is that the famous club in Belgium, <laughs> or, or is it Fabric in London? Um, I played at uh, I played at a club called Bedrock in London. Yeah. I played for Renaissance in Tokyo. I played at uh, Eworks in Berlin and Love Parade. Yeah. So I got to uh, travel all over the world playing yeah. records, uh, which was a, a, an amazing because uh, you know I was so passionate about music. Mm. And um, but you know it was a it was a lifestyle that was pretty unsustainable. Uh, and you know I was I couldn't switch off. I was struggling with stress and, and my health was really starting to suffer. And, you know, I also realised back, even back then, and this is in the early 90s, that I wanted to have a, a long-term career as a, as a DJ. And so uh, I really had to look after my health and find ways of dealing with the stress and pressure that I was, I was under. And so a friend told me about a meditation course, which, you know, I was a bit cynical at first. Yeah. It was all a bit crystals, candles yeah, and sandals. <laughs> and, but I went along and I found, uh, I found instantly the, uh, the, the benefits. At the time, I was, you know, as I said, you know, I, was, I, I used to get a lot of tension in my shoulders and um, I couldn't switch off. Mm. And, and, you know, I was just like, just, it was, I just couldn't turn my brain off. I just yep. felt like my, you know, my head was going to explode. And um, yeah, and I, and I started and I just found instantly the benefits of it. I, I found uh, it really relaxed me. I found it calming. Mm. Um, and, um, and, and I've had a daily meditation practice ever since. Mm. So, um, you know, it's been an essential tool um, in the toolbox to help, you know, and especially later as, a, you know, as I started other businesses and, and scaled and grew other businesses, it was an essential tool to help me deal with the stress and pressure of um, you know growing businesses mm. um, you know one of many tools that you know another I exercise I watch what I eat you know mm. I get I try to get a good amount of sleep so uh, my health and well-being has always been a really uh, important priority priority yeah. for me so but you know but my meditation practice is probably the most important thing that I do every day yep. yeah. um, it, you know I just get so many benefits out of it mm. that, you know yeah do you find do you find a correlation between the mindfulness or the meditation practice then feeding benefits into your exercise into your diet choices into your sleeping patterns yeah because you're more mind you're more um, yeah you're more mindful you you think about things you can step back and see think about things a little bit more differently and and with a little bit more perspective so it definitely um, impacts a lot of areas of my life absolutely yeah. you know especially my work um because um you know we're so distracted with mm. our devices and technology and there's so much going on that it's really hard for us to to keep focused and and to pay attention to what we're actually doing and that's one of the benefits of 
meditation or attention training that you're actually training your brain to stay in the present moment you know if anyone if anyone's out there has tried meditation before you know one of the ways to meditate we focus our attention on the breath as soon as our mind wanders off we get distracted or caught up in thoughts we just bring our attention back and we start again and every time we bring our attention back we're actually um, building a mindful muscle it's like a rep exactly it's like going to the gym so that's the way we can think of meditation it's like in the same way we exercise for, for physical health we can think of uh, meditation as exercise for our for our mind um, and so we build we build like yeah like you just said we build this rep rep and every time we bring our attention back mm. um, you know in life when we get distracted we realize that we we're distracted and we're able to bring our attention back a lot faster that's mm. one of the one of the, the prime benefits I think mm. of uh, meditation or attention training. So Amazing. I think off, off air you mentioned um, a few, I suppose, skills that you've noticed that people have developed through the practice of mindfulness that they can take forward in their career, like things like critical thinking, problem solving. Mm. Can you touch a little bit on that around how you've seen the benefits of mindfulness to people's career? Yeah, well, um, a lot of uh, business leaders, um, you know, high performers are using mindfulness as a way, as I said, for productivity, mm. uh, but also for creativity and yep. innovation. Um, you know, um, what else? Um, God, there's so many yeah, things. Yeah. Um, around managing uh, technology yep. as well. We talked about that a little bit earlier as well. Mm. Um, you know, we, we really need to be a bit more mindful around technology. Mm. Um, you know, we're... we're constantly glued to our devices yeah. uh, and it's really making us unproductive you mm. know we're spending so much time on our devices as well so it's funny isn't it like i know for a lot of young people when they start applying for jobs and things like that one of yeah. the, the the main thing is being tech savvy so yeah. being, being up to date with technology yeah but it's almost like if you're too reliant on technology you miss that face-to-face communication and that positive connection that comes out of yeah you know, talking to someone face to face and being present and being present, yeah. Which which I feel mindfulness it's it's like brings them back into that that notion of, of being present in that moment with that person. Yeah. And and it was really interesting just before how you were saying that getting people to practice say a minute of mindfulness throughout their day. Like there's bound to be people who are you know have that stressful moment at work where they go step away from the desk and go all right I just need a minute myself yeah practice that technique the muscle that they've been using and then can go about their day at the next level yeah really interesting really interesting um yeah the other thing about technology i think uh you know this is something that i teach in my workshops is about how we can be more mindful around technology so um you know i think uh there's a Google, no, it was Apple said that we actually, uh, its users um, unlock their phones 80 times a day. But this research group, Scout, found that we actually tap, type and swipe our phones 2,600 times a day on average. Yeah. Right? I record it. You can get an app on yeah. your phone that records how many times you check your phone and the time you're yeah. on it. Yeah. Last year, I did it for about a week and I was checking my phone about 210 times a day. Yeah. And I was on it for a total of two and a half hours. Okay. Wow. Yeah, and now I've cut it down to about only 20 minutes on social media a day. Yeah. And I 
haven't recorded how many times I check it, but it's definitely less than 210. Yeah. But that actually worried me. I was actually thinking 210 yeah. times yeah. a day I'm interrupted. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that, I think Apple now send you notifications at the end of the week saying your screen time. Yeah, and right. They mm. give a breakdown, like entertainment. Um, I think it's, yeah, socials. Yeah. And I know for me, I average about two hours and a, a half a day just on my yeah. phone. Just it's crazy, huh? Yeah, it's nuts. Absolutely nuts. You could be meditating. You don't have time for a meditation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you could cut it down to two yeah. hours and ten minutes and yeah. still put it on meditation. Um, yeah. But here's the thing, right? Here's the thing that's really interesting. Because we're doing, you know, we're almost all universally addicted, right? And But we're addicted, um, but it's something that we don't talk about too much but we're almost universally addicted and we're addicted to a reward called dopamine mm. so you guys heard of dopamine yeah. right? so it's a neurotransmitter that's produced in the brain when we seek something we get a hit of dopamine mm. it's a happy chemical yeah, yeah right yeah, we look for something else yeah, yeah. so we get a dopamine check your status update a few likes exactly dopamine right so yeah. that's called a dopamine loop right yeah. Um, another example might be when you get home from work and you're looking for a recipe for dinner because you've only got half an hour and then two hours later you're looking at cats Designer cat cats in Russian, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's a dopamine yeah. loop, right? We've all we all do. We all go down that rabbit yeah. hole. Um, so, uh, and so, dopamine is also the driver of uh, gambling, uh, and is also uh, the drive, and also uh, heroin and cocaine addictions. Mm. Yep. So, these drugs flood the brain with imitation dopamine and create a euphoria like. When we get a few dozen likes on our yeah, Instagram yeah, selfies. Absolutely. So the problem's not our addiction to our devices, mm. it's the addiction to dopamine. Mm. Which the device helps us achieve. Exactly, it's yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and this is where mindfulness really comes in handy. Again, um, how to to manage technology yeah. so that it, you know, because we need to we need to use technology, mm. but how can we be a bit more mindful mm. around technology? So and with the dopamine, right? You mentioned before off air that study around showing the more activity, the happiest man in the oh, world. Yeah. Do you want to tell listeners about that? That's great. <laughs> so uh, we were talking about um, if you Google who is the world's happiest man, uh, a Frenchman by the name of Mathieu Ricard will pop up. Yeah. Now he. Mathieu, Mathieu, if you're listening, like yeah, please call if us. You're there. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, he's uh, an ex-biochemist, long-term meditator and Buddhist monk, and he's undergone many, many hours of MRI scans during which scientists have discovered unusually high levels of upbeat activity, the highest ever recorded. And the secret to his happiness is a form of meditation called metta, or loving-kindness. Um, so in this practice, we offer compassion, happiness, friendliness, friendliness and, and um, goodwill to ourselves and to others. And research shows this can really have a massive effect on our um, happiness and well-being. Um, we feel closer and more connected to others, even strangers. Um, we become less self-focused. We have less thoughts about me, myself and I. And that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. The self-focus has been linked to anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is a meditation, though, that some people might find a little bit woo-woo, right? But mm-hmm. in countless studies, it's been linked to... Um, um, you know, stronger relationships, um, better mental and physical health. In fact, brain scans show the areas of the brain associated with positive emotions get thicker and stronger the more we practice. Mm. So, you know, when we talk about mindfulness, there's actually three elements of mindfulness to the practice that we really should um, 
which we should do. Mm. So there's focused awareness. Yep. This might be a meditation when we focus on our breath. Mm-hmm. And this is great for developing uh, focus, concentration, uh, self-awareness, also helps with stress. Yep. Then there's another form of meditation called open monitoring. And this is great for uh, creativity and innovation. And then the third type of meditation is meta, which we just discovered, which mm. is uh, really boosts our happiness and our well-being. Mm. So if you can, if you can co- um, combine all three of these meditations into your practice, this is where you know you really get to reap the benefits. Yeah, is that similar to so that study on the world's happiest man? Yeah, does that also correlate with the dopamine activity in the brain, with the more activity in the grey matter? Is that also like the dopamine hit? Um, or is it separate? I think it's separate. Okay. Yeah, completely mm. different. They're completely different studies and, yeah. and different, yeah, yeah. Mm. completely different. How, how, from your own personal experience, how yeah. do you see your benefits? So you've obviously meditated for a yeah. long time now, and you obviously have technology. How do you find that your meditation practice has improved your relationship to technology? Well, of course, because I'm, I'm, I'm more self-aware. Uh, I'm uh, more aware of... Uh, what's going on with technology and also you know I come you know I'm 50 years old so I you know technology to me is only it's only like in the last 15 years I remember a time before technology so um, I'm really mindful around technology like when I'm especially for for me when I'm really trying to do deep focused work I'll I'll put my phone onto flight mode Um, you know I make sure that uh, I turn off all the notifications on my devices I don't have any notifications Mm. Um, because you just get distracted all the time you know, we're constantly distracted. So I'm just, I, I really try to work with, um, you know, being mindful around around technology. And this is what I, I teach a lot of my clients as well. So, um, because a lot of people are really struggling with technology, you know, um, like just to give you an example with email, you know, one of the, the, a couple of things that I do with my clients, I say, well, don't check your email first thing in the morning because this is a time when your mind's at its most um, focused and creative, and this is a time to do, um, you know, focused and strategic work, and to have important conversations. Mm. If you check your email first thing in the morning, you're going to get sidetracked, and you'll also start your day with other people's agendas becoming mm. your to-do list. So um, get yourself an alarm clock. That's what I tell people. Yeah. Don't have your phone in the bedroom, and because mm. you know, if you've got your phone, if you wake up with your phone, use it as an alarm. You're going to be, you're going to yeah. check your device. You're going to mm. check your notifications, right? Yeah. Another thing I talk about is, you know, when you get to work, don't check your email as soon as you get into the office. Maybe wait an hour before you get into work. Mm-hmm. And, and only check your email at set times during the day, say twice or three times a day or every hour or as responsibly needed, you know, for your, yeah. for your job. Don't, and don't compulsively check emails as they roll into your inbox because you just won't get anything done. It's, it's a really interesting point because I feel like today there's a lot of pressure within corporate land to be on your emails like constantly it's almost like a badge of honor like yeah i have my emails exactly or i get 100 emails a day like look at me type thing yeah like how do you how do you instruct people to to manage that type of thing when it's it's almost like a culture that they're a part of not necessarily by choice yeah um well it depends you know 
do you want to be productive? Do you want mm. to be focused and creative? You know, because you need to set time aside to really to do that kind of work. Yep. Or do you want to sit there just waiting for emails to roll in mm. and and be the be reactive? Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And to you know, t- and to have other people's agendas, yep. your to do list. Yeah. No, you don't. You know, if you want to be, if you want to achieve things and be and, and make stuff happen, mm. you need to carve out time in your day to make it happen. Yeah. So um, you know, yeah, just check your emails at set times during the day. I think you know, we need to set boundaries around it. Yeah. You know, we, we need to set healthy boundaries around yeah. email. We've we've fallen into this crazy um, yeah. experiment with email, and we just yeah, and it's so like it's overwhelming, right? Absolutely. When you open your inbox and you see a hundred emails, do you go, oh great, I've got a hundred emails today? I can't wait to know. I've got a lot, yeah. You don't, do you? No, no, no. You feel the flight or fight response. (laughs) You do. (laughs) You know, straight away, your body goes into fight or flight, you know? Yeah. We get anxious, we get, oh my God, I've got so many emails. So, you know, being mindful around that and managing that is is really important. Yeah. yeah. For me personally, I actually deleted my email app off my phone. Yeah, I took took, uh, Gmail... Off my phone, yeah. uh, LinkedIn, off my phone, Facebook. Um, and I'll tell you what, I mean, that's, this is something, again, that I teach people in my yeah. workshops. We do, uh, like, uh, we call it uh, digital self-defense. <laughs> do a digital self-defense course. <laughs> yeah. But uh, having, like, weekends where you actually have a digital detox. And there's a massive trend around, especially in the States at the moment, yeah. with people yeah. actually having detoxes from technology and actually uh, you know going on retreats for the weekend and mm. people actually having conversations mm. with each other mm. and you know having fun and sitting mm. you know and doing stuff instead of you know being glued to their screen yeah. so the key message for me is that like the technology is not bad it's fantastic but it's we're still in this experimental stage it with it because yeah. it's so new that we almost need to just have healthy strategies and healthy boundaries to manage it absolutely um, it's all about, and again, being mindful about how we manage technology because at the moment we're not. We just, you know, when you get on the tram in the morning, every single person is on their device. Yeah. And no wonder we can't sleep, right? Because you think about it, you know, as soon as you get up in the morning, from the time we go to sleep, we are doing something. We're engaged the whole time. We don't take any time to just actually just stop, mm. just take a break. You know, process process what's going on during the day, and the only time we get to process it is when we lay in bed and we actually close our eyes, and then it all comes flooding in, and you're like, I can't sleep. Yeah. I've got a million thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. right? So we need to make time during the day. There's nothing, you know, to actually just make some yeah. carve out some time, some space, yeah. just to let our brains process stuff. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think are a few alarm bells that people may notice about themselves for them to go? I need to manage my technology better. Well, if you check, if you're constantly checking your device, um, you know, if you if you're constantly checking your device, you know, you know, every sort of five or ten minutes, then you know, be mindful of that. Be aware that you know you might have a problem. You know, uh, <laughs> that you yeah, might yeah. need to cut back. The yeah. app's a good one because the app that you can download that tells you how long you've been on your phone, yeah, and how yeah. long you check, yeah. it just tells you. There's no hiding from it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if there's an app that you're finding that you need to cut down usage on, there's a couple of things you can do. You can put it in a folder and stick it on the last page of your app screen. Yeah. So uh, it just takes, you know, if, if, if it takes effort to get to that. Yeah, you know, focus. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, 
another thing is proximity. You know, instead of keeping your phone in your pocket mm. or in your um, bag, put it in your backpack or in, yeah. in your purse. Yeah. Yeah. Or better still, if you're in an office, put it on the other side of the room. Because yeah. if it actually takes physical effort to get to your device, yeah. the work to reward ratio changes and you're less likely to go and check your device. Yeah. So again, this is about being uh, self-aware, being more mindful mm. um, yeah. about just how we, you know, we interact mm. with yeah. technology. Mm. So. I must admit, I do love the do not disturb functions. So I use that with my laptop. I use that with my phone yeah. going, right, time to do detailed work, deep work, do not disturb. And this notion of putting your phone on the other side of the room, especially when you go to bed, because that's a massive one. Like I speak to young people all the time and it's like, how'd you sleep? And they go, oh, well, when I got to sleep, it was it was all right. I was like, what time did you go to sleep? Oh, 3 a.m. Yeah. I was like, what were you doing? I oh, was just on a YouTube binge. Because um, they're right there with their phone. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah. I mean, again, this is a, a, another area that I teach people about sleep and how we can be mindful around, you know, good sleep practices. Yeah. So, you know, um, keep devices out of the bedroom. Mm. Don't mm. have your phone next to your bed mm. charging. Because mm. if you wake up at three o'clock in the morning to check the time, you see an email, an application, mm. you're not going to get back to sleep. Yeah. So really try and keep your device out your bedroom. And of course, with our screens, we know that the, uh, the light... Uh, interferes with melatonin the sleep hormone yeah so try to you know an hour before bed try and uh try and you know cut back on the screens yep. you know have a bath have a shower maybe read some fiction pick up a book yeah yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah just sort of try and sort of keep yeah. off the social media yeah because you know an hour before bed this is a time to start to just you know ease into sleep and mm. and and you know sleep is so important especially for students right you yeah, got you're talking absolutely. about um, yeah. You know, you guys, uh, is, it, you know, you need to be on your A game, mm. you know, during your day. It's, yeah. it's competitive out there. Yeah. And so sleep is so, so, so important. Yeah. So, you know, we need at least seven to eight hours sleep a night. Yeah. Anything less than seven hours is sleep deprivation. Yeah. And it's really bad for our health. Yeah. Um, so. Because, yeah, you, see, you hear a lot of uh, stuff on social media and I suppose it, like these power entrepreneurs which a lot of young people look up to yeah. um, saying you know like I go to bed at 12 get up at 4 maximise my day type situation where I feel for myself I've noticed a lot of studies coming out where yeah it's like minimum 7 hours like if you don't get it your of health course. challenges are going to be in fast forward mode yeah yeah. yeah. it affects your memory yeah. it affects so many uh, so many of our you know our, our mental health as well you know mm-hmm. our mood it affects so much stuff so um yeah, I, w- I wouldn't follow those entrepreneurs <laughs> too much because um, they're probably in bed at nine o'clock with a, yeah. a nice uh, peppermint tea. They're, just, they're not telling the truth. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Ray, so just to wrap up, it's been really good having you on. It's been really insightful. Um, I've been wanting to ask this question. So I've got two questions. First one is, how long do you med- meditate per day and what's your practice? Yeah. And what would you recommend for our listeners or people like Ty who are looking to maybe start meditating this week? Yeah. What would you recommend like a fair amount to just start with? Um, so, you know, a good amount of time is, you know, five to ten minutes a day. Yeah. Um, the best time to do it, I find, is first thing in the morning when you get up, uh, you know, go to the bathroom and then sit down and do a 10-minute meditation. Mm. Uh, it means you're going to have a more mindful day. It's going yeah. to set you up for a more mindful day. Mm. Um, and so then... S- sit down on the toilet or...? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
<laughs> if you want to meditate on the toilet, you can. We can talk about <laughs> that. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, first thing in the morning is good. Yeah. After work to yeah. help you, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to separate between work yeah. and life is good. And then before bed is another good time to meditate. Ten minutes before bed just to help uh, let go of any tension, switch off, mm-hmm. and have a better night's sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so ten minutes is a good amount of time, but you know it's about. But there's no, pr- you know, you whatever works for you, really. Yeah. I mean, start with 10 minutes. My meditation practice is normally sort of anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes in the morning and at night. So I religiously meditate a.m. first thing, mm. and then um, I use it as a way to switch off from work yeah. and transition into my home life. Yeah. So, um, but then another thing for me as well, um, you know, I do often wake up at three o'clock in the morning. And so, uh, you know, I'll sit up in bed. I don't get out of bed, I sit up, and then I'll do like a five or 10 minute breath meditation. And I find that 80, to 80 or 90% of the time, I'd sort of lay back in bed and then I fall off back to sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, you know I, I've been a type A person, <laughs> I'm a type A personality, go, go, go. And, you know, I, you know my mind's always yeah. active and I find that uh, it really helps me get back to sleep at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah great so, tip, great tip. Um, and there's a number of ways that if you're interested in starting, probably the easiest way is to start with an app. Yep. Yeah. There's some amazing apps out there. Uh, have you heard of Headspace? Yeah. Yep. You know, amazing app. Mm. I think it's, uh, it's, it's a paid subscription, but I think the first 30 days are free. Yeah. That's a great way to start. Uh, there's another app called Calm. Uh, and Smiling Mind, which is yeah. an Australian app, which yeah. is having a lot of success with uh, bringing mindfulness into schools. Yep. Yeah. So a lot of schools are, yeah, are, are embracing mindfulness as well. So Smiling Mind's another good one. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's a great way to start with an app. I normally t- uh, tell people, um, you know, start with that. Think of it like the training wheels. And then after a month or two, sort of try to move away from using the apps and, mm. and just start to develop your own practice and, yeah. and, and not use the apps. So. Yeah. Amazing. But yeah, 10 minutes a day and, but even, you know, one minute counts. Yep. Even during the day, you know, and uh, yep. just get one or two minutes in and you really start to notice the benefits. Yeah. Sounds like it's about time I made some time for meditation. Gentlemen. I think so. I feel both of you. No, yeah. We're not judging you. No, <laughs> not at all. I mean, finally, any books that our listeners can check out in terms of, yeah, looking into mindfulness a little bit deeper. Yeah, well, there's actually a great book. Uh, there's a lot of great books out there. Um, Give us your top one. My top one. <laughs> I think for people that are beginning, there's a book called, have you heard of 10% Happier? No. So there's this guy in America, his name's Dan Harris, and he's actually an anchor on Good Morning uh, America. Uh, he's been a reporter for years over there, and he's he's become uh, the spokesman for the American mindfulness movement over there. And he's written a great book called Ten Percent Happier that really demystifies uh, mindfulness and meditation, explains it in a really super easy way, and it's mm-hmm. fun. So mm-hmm. that's a great book I recommend to people that um, yeah, to, that want to get in and read a book or, or, or an audio book. Yeah, you awesome. know, which are great as well, especially yeah. when you're, you're commuting. And he also has a podcast called Ten Percent Happier. So that's a, that's a great podcast yeah, awesome. to check out as well. He has a lot of really interesting uh, guests on yeah. there as well. Yeah. Uh, so if so our out. listeners want to reach out to you, Ray, where yep. can they find you? So, um, yeah, if you want to learn more about me, um, my website's uh, goodplace.com.au uh, and also social media. You can hit me up, yeah. hit me up on social media. 
uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, but I don't check them that often. <laughs> that's, that's good, that's good. Twice a day. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, just so you, you, you can check me out on there and on, 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 the, on the website. Awesome. Brilliant. Cool. Thanks so much for coming along, man. No worries. Thanks, Thanks guys. It's been fun. Bye.